0: All right. What's up, YouTube? I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound the Trumpet Ministries. ministries Soundthetrumpetministries.com. And today I want to do a teaching called Saudi Wood. Saudi Wood. Okay. So some people may see the Hollywood symbol up there, and they may see the rainbow flag. So if you've got any bit of intelligence, you'll know where I'm going concerning this message, okay? That there are You know, things that are going on in this world. There are types of influences and things that, you know, are coming from Hollywood that are really doing a lot of damage to a lot of the people in the world. And I think one of the worst things the devil has ever done was to have us believe that, you know, what's really destroying us is entertainment for us. That's something that we need to worry about. We need to really, truly think about because if we don't pay attention to the things that are around us, hey, sister Sarah or the snares of the devil, then you and I can find ourselves in that place of, you know, enjoying our own destruction. So tonight what we're gonna be talking about is the influences of Hollywood or what you would call Soddywood because there's a lot of sodomite activity that's going on there. And I think that if people don't really have an understanding of, sodomy itself. You know, if you look in Webster's Dictionary, it's speaking of oral or anal copulation. It doesn't just mean a situation between, you know, uh, two men together, like homosexuality or two women. You know, this thing is broad. And I've got a few videos today that you guys are not going to be able to see. You'll hear them. But once again, they're already in the description box if you want to check them out but we're gonna be exposing a lot of the things that are going on in Hollywood, this whole homosexual agenda, all these things that they're using. And we're gonna have a lot of people that are in that realm and in that arena come forward. And I also got a couple of articles that are gonna expose a lot of the work that they're doing as well. Now, a lot of people would ask themselves, why would I focus on this when I could be speaking of any other part of the gospel? Oh, don't get me wrong. The gospel will be included in this teaching. But one thing you and I have got to have an understanding of is how broad this situation is, how bad it is. I mean, this is not, guys, what you think that, you know, it is. I know that they're talking about coexisting and don't be divisive and, you know, be tolerant and all these things. But, guys, if you knew how bad this was, this is all that should be preached. This is all that they should be talking about in the pulpits because this is the ultimate end and the result of a sinful society is that you will eventually become a sodomite. And you guys are going to even learn, I'm warning you ahead of time, there are a couple of the videos on here that I really had to pray about and ask the Lord if it was okay to present, because you're going to hear some occasional cursing in it, but there are going to be some points that are going to be brought forward to show people just how wicked and satanic this world truly is. And it's just time that we get a glimpse of of this and we see what it is. This is a very serious sin and it's coming against the people of God. This is a hostile takeover, guys. There's no other way to say this. There's no other way to place this other than to call it what it totally is. This is a hostile takeover. And you're going to find a lot of the people that are going to speak out against it The funny thing that some of them will say is, I don't like it and I don't like to hear it. But what they'll say is, what people do is up to them. You know, I'm not judging anybody. What they do is their business. They just need to be up front with it. But my thing is, is this. The reason why they believe that is they've also got the sodomite spirit. A lot of people think just because they bring forth truth, they're not going to have to worry about anything that they see the things that people are doing and they're just gonna ignore it. And you think it's gonna pass by. Do you know it's that type of ignorance and apathy and slothfulness and cowardice, which has caused you know this uprising of homosexual agendas to take place? This is the cause. This is totally the cause because you know what we thought as goodly Christians in the 1970s and 80s, that if we don't talk about this, somehow it's just gonna pass on by. And as you can see in 30 years, guys, everybody has gay family members. Everybody you know, um, has someone in the family that is pro-gay and is supporting it, when at one time it would have been seen as absolutely crazy. This person has mental issues, something ain't right. This is demonic. But as you can see, as the church began to shut its mouth About this agenda and the filthiness of all, you know, immoral sex and all these things going on. Now you see how the devil just says, okay, now that I've got their mouth shut, I'm gonna creep on in and get as close as I can possibly get to their families. And I'm gonna feed them all sorts of trash just to keep them from obeying and following God. So as you can see, whenever the uh, saints let their guard down, the devil is gonna pick it right back up and he's gonna take up what he intended to do. And that's why we've gotta be on watch. We've got to be true ministers that are preaching the truth and telling people what they need to know, because if we don't, the devil's gonna smooth on in and he's gonna claim any ground that you won't claim in the authority of Christ, okay? So let's get right into this lesson. I wanna pray first. Hey, Sister Naima, Brother Jake, you know, welcome. Good to see that you guys are on tonight. So let's pray real quick and we'll get right into this lesson. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for another day, not promised to us. And we just ask, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time for my brothers and sisters near and far that you have yet given us another day to be partakers of your word, to be edified by your spirit, that we may choose life and not death. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that no man's heart be heard tonight, that no flesh be glorified, but only that the Holy Ghost, the spirit of teaching, may come upon us, that he may teach us his word, that he may convict us and let us know where we're wrong, that we may make it right. And I pray Lord, that the truth be spoken, I pray that shackles that be broken off of the mind and hearts, that people totally have an understanding of where we are and what the devil is doing to destroy God's people. So I just pray in Jesus name, let no man's heart be heard, Lord. please, Lord, let your words be heard, that people will receive them, and I just pray in Jesus name that you bind every foul spirit. Every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, contention, or confusion, every spirit of jealousy, malice, and hatred, all spirits of fear, doubt, and unbelief, all sodomite spirits, all homosexual spirits, all effeminate spirits, I pray in Jesus' name that you bind the devil, that you keep him at bay, that you cast him out like the dog that he is, that your saints may claim the victory for you this day. For you are the King of kings, you are the Lord of lords. You are faithful, just and true, and worthy of all praises. Open the mind, Lord, and open the heart that people may repent and may receive you. Let all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, and I agree with uh, Pastor Price, guys, when he would talk about, you know, that you're either a saint or you're a sodomite. There's really no in-between. Concerning this matter, you're either one or the other. What a saint is to God is what a sodomite is to the, the satanic realm and everything that the devil stands for. So I'm just, you know, praying tonight that people will really get a glimpse of what we're dealing with because you're going to hear a few videos, as I said, they will be in the description box. But, you know, we got to look at this thing through the perspective of God. If they can't reproduce after their own, then pretty much they're taking yours and they're taking over. And they're trying to make of of what, um, they're trying to make of themselves of what, they're trying to make us into what they are. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, they've got no choice but to take your little boy or little girl or your husband or your wife. and, And that's what they do to try and, get in is that they indoctrinate the world into believing they we fighting for equal rights when really it's just a filthy abomination. Okay, so let's get right in. I wanna go to uh, Leviticus 18, Leviticus chapter 18. And um, I wanna look at verse one this time. Leviticus 18 and one, because I want people to understand that these things are not of God. And then we're gonna skip down to what we need to talk about. But I want people to hear the warning that God gave his people so they won't fall into the same snare. So this is Leviticus 18, guys. Let's look at verse one. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord, your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, Ye shall not do, and after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall, um, ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances, and walk therein. I am the Lord your God. So what we recognize here is everything that we're about to um, read, okay, in Leviticus 18 had to do with not God's people but the Egyptians and the Canaanites. These were two fierce enemies of the children of Israel. One group had the children of Israel as slaves to them that they used and abused. And the other group were the group that was trying to keep the children of Israel from making it into the promised land. So you see, they both have roles here, okay? One is that world system that holds the people back. And the other one is that thing that tries to keep you from your inheritance. Okay. So I just read that. Now let's skip down. Okay. Uh, I want to skip down to verse 20. Okay. So now we're in verse 20 and it says, moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself uh, with her. So he's talking about no adultery here. So this is going to be talking about all sorts of Sexual immorality that was going on earlier in the chapter. He talks about that you know, you shouldn't lay down with your father's wife, you shouldn't look at your aunt's nakedness, fathers shouldn't be seeing their children naked, children shouldn't be looking at their parents naked. Now, of course, you know that kids have to be changed and all these things go on when they're babies, but we're talking about at the age of awareness, this type of mess should not be going on. So he says in verse 21, and thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. So here he's talking about abortion. He's talking about these children that used to be sacrificed in the Valley of Hinnom to Moloch, their God. God. People are gonna wonder, what does this have to do with the teaching tonight? But you're gonna see it all ties together, okay? Because one thing you're gonna find is homosexuality, sodomy, pedophilia, and um, abortion, they all come together in one when you really get a glimpse of this thing. So then it says in verse 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. So God calls it an abomination of men lay down with men like they lay down with women. Let's look at that word abomination. That word is h a. 441. And that word is to be a, or or Aba, sorry. And it means a disgusting thing, an abomination, abominable, in ritual sense of unclean food, uh, idols, mixed marriages, in ethical sense of wickedness. And then it says to abhor, be abominable, do abominably, to be abhorred, uh, be detested, And then it talks about to loathe. So God hates this. This is something that in our right minds, we wouldn't even want to look at twice. That's what an abomination is. When you see it, it's like a, oh oh man, I mean, I can't even believe this is going on. Okay, this is what he's talking about. To cause to be an abomination, to make abominable, do abominably, and then it just says detestable or filthy or disgusting. So this is what God thinks of homosexuality. And this is what is celebrated today in the world. So this tells you about the perspective of God and the perspective of uh, the world. But, you know, we're going to get into a lot of stuff, too, tonight about sex magic, why this stuff is going on. You hear countless stories of rappers coming forward that they've got to be bent over a desk and sodomized to get a record deal. You hear that a lot of Hollywood actors and actresses and entertainers and sports figures, they have been, you know, taken over by this spirit of sodomy or homosexuality. Hey, Brother Daryl, you know, God bless. You know, so these are this is the sort of situation that we've got to pay attention to because there has become a hostile takeover. Now, if you guys look at lot, you guys remember in, in Sodom and Gomorrah read in your spare time in Genesis 19, it said that when the angels came to see Lot, just to see if this place was filthy or not, Lot wanted them to come into the house because he knew that being out in the open like that, that it wasn't safe for the angels. So the angels came in and it says they ate and before they could lay down that night, they said that all of the house was surrounded roundabout with both old and young that were in that town that wanted to take the angels out of the house and make of them of what they were. They said, "Bring them out that we may know them." So that word "know" is the word "yada," which means you know um, to be intimate with. So they wanted to be intimate with the uh, the angels to make of the angels of what they were. Of course, they didn't succeed. God destroyed the city you know, but if you go to, uh, let's go to Second uh, Peter, actually, chapter two. Okay, Second Peter 2, I want to make a quick point here as we talk about what's going on, because I see what the devil is doing. He's going to the poor people, and he's going to the people that are rejected, and he pushes this thing called Hollywood, the American dream. You know, going after fortune and fame But then when people get there and they think that they're talented, they find out you've got to do more, you know, to be to be a star than this. So the devil dangles the money over you. He dangles the fortune and fame and he says, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for me to make of man what we are. And I'm going to tell you guys, homosexuals, sodomites, they run the world, guys. They're in the political system. We have a few of them as presidents already that have participated in these acts. They're the ones that design your clothes. They're the ones that are your talk show hosts. They are your biggest entertainers today and those who sing to you and rap to you all this filth concerning sodomy and everything else. This is what they're in line with because this is what they do. They want to make of you and I what they are. So let's look at 2 Peter 2. Okay, Second Peter 2, guys. And I want you to look at um, verse 4. And it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared uh, not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly." So as you can see, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And a lot of people even deny that that even happened today. But when you look at the um, the world out there at Sodom and Gomorrah, where it was, you can find um, what, feet, below, I mean like yards below of scorched burnt earth, okay? And that's the place that has 96% of all the brimstone in the world. So when the Bible says that God had rained down fire and brimstone on the earth, that's where most of it is. And these archaeologists know that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the fact that he wanted people to know that he has no righteousness with unrighteousness. He's not going to put up with this this sin that he calls detestable and filthy. So look at verse seven, and delivered just Lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So what we saw was that Lot was a righteous man, but his soul became vexed day after day with the filthy conversation or lifestyle of the wicked. It says that righteous man seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day. So this is how the devil has gotten with that spirit. He's used Hollywood. Hollywood is the biggest contributor to homosexual rights and activity than any other system in the world. Now, what is Hollywood? Hollywood is the, the wood that witches use to cast spells from the holly tree. So when you uh, dive into Hollywood activities and, and you know programs and things that they put up, they are casting spells upon your mind to get you to see and believe that which you hear and see. Okay, so this is why we've got to be careful. I don't indulge in any Hollywood stuff. I'm not into it, but for the sake of tonight, I'm going to play videos concerning this because I want people to see the wickedness that is in this and how it's being used. So I'm going to play my first video tonight and we're going to get into the scriptures. So we're going to do video scriptures, video scriptures. You guys will hear it, you won't be able to see it, but all the videos that are played are already in the description box and I would encourage everyone to pay attention to them. It's going to blow your mind with some of the things that you're gonna see in here. I mean, some of the stuff I've heard in this, it it gave me a bitter taste in my mouth for days, you know? I mean, it was like, whoa. And I'm not trying to take people away from, you know, the peace of God, but I want people to see the wickedness that is in this world. So this is called Michael Jackson, Sue Ford, and the Monarch Child Abuse System because you see a lot of kids have gone through Hollywood. You look at all the Disney kids and everything that they've gone through. Look at Raven Simone, look at Christina Aguilera, look at Miley Cyrus, look at all these people that have come through Disney and it was supposed to be innocent, but these people come out like Britney Spears, losing their minds because they were all a part of this monarch mind control and child abuse sex kitten program that they abused these people to the point to where they they have to come and slip into an alternate personality because they don't wanna deal with the trauma and the filth that has happened to them. So, I mean, this is really sad, but you guys listen to this and let me know if you can't hear it or you can hear it clearly, so we can probably make some adjustments. So here we go.
1: Try this again, the recording just stopped. Okay, so I just, so, <clears throat> saw that there's a new documentary coming out, of, or which has come out, about Michael Jackson and his history with abusing children sexually. And what I just said is that this is frustrating because I have to go through this again and again and again and again without any hope, as far as I can tell, of bringing anybody to justice who deserves to be brought to justice such as justice exists, but you know, the best that a person could hope for is to bring awareness and have this turned around in some way. Um, and what I wanna say is that anybody that um, feels shocked of whatever about this, you're all part of this. You are all guilty. Anybody that has participated in what's been happening to me is guilty of this type of child abuse. This is part of the same system. Everybody has talked. I mean, there's been talk for as long as I can remember about the abuse that this family suffered growing up, but it's all been kind of very, I don't know. It just keeps getting washed away by this machine that protects pedophiles, protects this abusive system and um, smears victims if the victims speak up or step out of line. So this has been written about, and this book needs to stop being ignored because this book names a lot of people who need to be looked at. And it's Sue Ford's Thanks for the Memories. And in this book, she describes how the Jacksons, her witnessing of the abuse of the Jackson 5. Her real name, I think, was Sue Ford. you know, stage name was Bryce Taylor. She was trafficked by some of the most, you know, Bob Hope mostly was her main abuser, raped her repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Um, Henry Kissinger was a big part of this. Um, The worst people who come off in this book uh, from my perspective are Ronald Reagan and George Bush Sr. And I believe every word of this book. And she's discounted all the time. This is the thing I'm, this is what I'm trying to get to. When you discount somebody like this without ever actually checking out her claims. And she gives a lot of details, times, places, descriptions. If you don't check out her claims and you just discount her as, you know, some crackpot, quote unquote, conspiracy theorist or whatever it is, you know, look her up in Wikipedia. I'm sure that's exactly what it says, But that it says she's a conspiracy theorist, not a victim of um, massive child abuse abuse by extremely powerful men and some women, but I, I'm here to say that I believe every word in this book. Okay. Here's what she says about Michael Jackson. Oh, let's, let's find out the publication date of this book first. Um, just to get some, because he was still alive when this book was published. Maybe he'd still be alive today if you people wouldn't ignore, uh, this kind of stuff when it's these legitimate claims are being made. Publication date is March 15th, 1999. So, um, this book is because almost 20 years old. This book has been sitting for almost 20 years, being ignored, being discounted. I'm here to say it is true. I don't know that I have personal experience with the exact um, situations, but I, uh, this this fits the pattern. It fits the pattern. It fits the pattern. It fits the pattern. I believe every word in this book. Okay. Here's what she says about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was just a little boy of four or five. When I accompanied Bob Hope to a place where they were filming up and coming talent for television, Bob told me he supported and sponsored the Jacksons. Okay. Bob Hope, this is a key, key, key figure in the pedophilic BS that's been running our country. Maybe that's why the FBI guys who were involved in this call themselves Bob. Maybe that's their funny little in-joke. Bob told me he supported and sponsored the Jacksons, getting them a professional foot in the door. Their father brought the boys in, and I remembered seeing them taken into a side room where bright lights were on. They all had to drop their pants before their performance, and a big man raped each one of them in a lineup. Then they were taken to a different room and dressed in little suits and sent on stage to perform. Due to the mind control I was under, I'm not sure exactly where we were, but it feels that it was the early days of the Ed Sullivan show. And I bet you it is because Ed Sullivan show was probably just, I just can tell, was mind control hell i watched as bob dressed in a gray pinstripe suit and bow tie with white shoes shook hands with ed then with the jackson boy oh then the jackson boys went on they were made into a sensation and famous on purpose so that they could be used in the future to influence large audiences Stop pouring water down the sink while I'm reading this. This is important. This is what people need to know. This is big deal stuff. And everybody should read this book. I'm so sick of this. Bob and his connections knew that all they needed was some talent, makeup, costumes, lights, glitter, and a lot of publicity. He said publicity was the most important ingredient. I was just a teenager and Bob said he wanted me to be present so I could learn the ropes to being a starlet. He wanted me to see how it was done and feel comfortable around the stage. I think he said it was that as a cover to other people to hide the real reason I was with him for his and others' sexual pleasure. <clears throat> so she says that she was um, trained and trafficked by the CIA, working with the mafia and, you know, a whole bunch of people in Hollywood and a whole bunch of people in Washington, D.C., Bob explained to me how important clothes are to one with a public image to uphold I had on a small excuse me I had on a short small tight fitting low cut yellow sheath dress I did as I was told and I wore it along with the gold high heels I was provided she's probably a teenager at this yeah she said I was a teenager They, they trafficked her a lot as a teenager By they, I mean Bob, Hope, Henry Kissinger, et al. Bob was often the connection for the new entertainment. The council used his connections for their own interest and got key entertainers in place for future use. Many were robots like me. Couple things. The council, she doesn't say exactly who the council is, but the council appears to be a group of people who essentially run the United States government from the outside through this pedophilic system that I'm also part of. When she says many were robots like me, she means under mind control, put into trances while they were being exploited. I saw many of them get hurt. I never saw Bob get hurt though. The Jacksons were hurt. I was witness to their abuse. That first time when they performed, Bob got them onto the show and then we left in the limo and watched from the television inside. He told the driver to drive around until the show was over. Then Bob told me, see how easy it is to be a star? And he laughed and pushed my head into his lap for oral sex. Again, she's a teenager. I think most would agree that the inherent love that is part of Michael Jackson's soul essence shines through the world for the world to see. In spite of the programming themes and some of the songs he sings as I was recovering, I often held on to the words he sang, the lyrics reminding me, You're not alone when I felt so very alone. To Michael, I extend a hand and say, You also are not alone now there is a way out of this insanity and everyone knows now how michael actually got out of this insanity so anybody that you know is going to watch this or talk about this this is the context that it needs to be seen in and this is like i said i believe every word in this book i just noticed something about this documentary that i did a um quick little video about trying to bring attention to the Bryce Taylor, Thanks for the Memories book. I really want that book to start getting attention. I really, really want that book to start getting attention. There's too much stuff in there that we should be paying attention to. But I looked at this picture, the first thing I noticed about this is the picture, um, I think I've seen this picture reproduced on a few different sites. So this is a picture that's getting used. Um, when people are writing about this documentary, which is called Leaving Neverland. First thing to notice about it is they've chosen a photo with a scratch on it. So there's a scratch on the right side of Michael Jackson's face extending from his eyebrow, eyebrow down his cheek over a lock of hair pointing maybe towards his chin. It seems to be going in that direction. So if I think about it, if that might be significant, okay. If I think about that and why it might be significant, it might be significant of um, the right eye being scratched. It might be significant about hair, you know, thoughts. Uh, the cheek pointing towards the chin a point of vulnerability on the right side okay that might be part of what's going on with that scratch but what i just kind of ignored that because i see that kind of thing all the time but what actually struck me because i just read this passage from bryce taylor's book is the way the boy in this picture is dressed so this is what I read in the, this is the passage that I read. And she's describing Bob Hope in a gray pinstripe suit and bow tie with white shoes. And lo and behold, look at, he doesn't have a bow tie, but he does have a white and gray pinstripe shoot on. So a white and gray pinstriped suit on. So it makes me feel like whoever chose this photo was aware of this. I think a lot more people are aware of this and admit to it. Um, And, um, you know, she's essentially describing an external, a group that's external, extra um, to the United States, running the, not just the United States, but a lot of countries, which she calls the council. And I think the council, maybe she mentioned it had some sort of connection to Rockefellers or something like that. But, um, she doesn't say who they are. So she's written this book in such a way that she's also trying to stay alive. And so she's, you know, she's taken all these different sort of um, techniques about who she gives information to, how much information she gives out and things like that in order to um, try to get the information out on one hand, but also, you know, stay alive.
0: Okay. um, There's like maybe two minutes left to that uh, video, but you know, you guys get it. You hear about the Jacksons. I mean, they were taken into a room, you know, um, before they performed on the Ed Sullivan show and some big guy just came and raped each one of them. And then they still had to go out and perform. You know, you see, you would have to ask yourself, why do they do this? It's not just a thing of, yeah, they want to make of you what they are. Absolutely. The Catholic Church has made millions, you know, through these priests that are sodomizing these boys and doing all the things that they're doing. But we also um, know, too, through looking up the statistics that most homosexuals were molested as children. Okay. That's in the high 90s. Okay. That they were molested as children, that spirit got into them and they began to seek other people. Now, some people would ask, you know, did Michael Jackson really do those things to those kids? You know what, it's not up for me to say, but if I had to bet on it, I would say yes. Why? Because we knew one thing about Michael, he wasn't right mentally. Any grown man, okay, and I know he was abused and I know everything they went through with their parents and all, but any grown man that's gonna wanna spend time with little kids that are not his, and he wants to lower himself to their level and have sleepovers and all this and no parents around, something wrong with that dude, okay? You knew that Michael wasn't in his right mind, but this is how Soddy Wood was able to get to everyone because if you look at it, many of the heroes that we grew up cheering for were sodomites. I mean, look at Michael Jackson. Look at how they had him with the long hair and they changed his image and he began to wear makeup just like a woman. But what were they giving us? A diet of a homosexual. Look at Morris Day. Look at Prince. Look at all these men that became, you know, so handsome and the women sought after. They were all effeminate men. Every single one of them. Look at Rick James. Look at all these guys that came along that were doing the things that they were doing. They all began to have that effeminate look. And that's what they sold to the public. Why? So that a soft, sensitive, effeminate man will be accepted in society. But this is what Hollywood managed to do. Two of the biggest artists in the 80s and early 90s were Michael Jackson and Prince. And if you look at them, they don't even look like men. They look just like women. But you'd never believe how many men were cheering for that. How many things were going on that people were just getting into and proud of? You know, and this is the spell of Hollywood because, you know, you would take it back maybe to the 60s Well, Little Richard was even before them. But if you take it back, I mean, to where men were men, there's no woman that would have married a guy looking like Michael Jackson. I mean, I'm talking about the made over Michael Jackson or Prince, but you see the devil slowly through time, he conditioned you to get you in that mindset. But we're gonna find out that this sodomy It's been around for a long time. And you know, there's a lot of abuse that is going on and it's even going on in the Bible. All the stuff that you see, look at Joel three guys. And let's look at verse one. We're going to get back into other videos and articles, but I want to make this point first. Pedophilia has been around for a long time, even in the Roman, uh, Roman Empire, you know, the Romans were big into sodomy. And, you know, I did that teaching um, not too long ago about Pior Delicatus, which meant like, you know, dainty little boys that they would mess around with. And they considered that okay. And they even thought it was okay to do that to little boys or do that to other men, as long as you were the one that were provide, you know, you were the giver. And that's disgusting. That's a homosexual, you know, but They make excuses for that sort of thing today because they want people to fall in line with it and believe it's all right. If you're a man and you've got a woman, you know, giving you oral sex, you're not a man. You're a sodomite. Okay. if you're a woman of receiving that from a man, you're not a woman. You're a sodomite. If either one of you are being a partaker of anal copulation or being penetrated, you're a sodomite. Okay, you're not a man or a woman, and that's something that you got to recognize is that this spirit is crossing over simply because the devil has put new boundaries on sexuality. When the Bible tells us that there are many things that are not okay, okay, and this is how it's spreading. And if any husband out there is arguing with his wife for this sort of thing, you're a sodomite. Okay, because it's not natural for a man to want to do that to a woman. We picked up that appetite through, you know, sexual demons and and being in line with that filth that we begin to desire it. So look at Joel three and look at verse one. He says, "For behold, in the days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat." And I will plead with them there uh, for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Now you guys even look up the pink swatch sticker when you get a chance, and you'll understand that even the Nazis dealt this way, because what were they trying to do? Make of you and I what they are. So it says, look at verse 3, and they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for an harlot and sold a girl for wine that they might drink." So this is Israel in its dark time, going through all sorts of filth. But they made clear here that boys were given over for harlotry and little girls were sold for wine or for drink. So you see, this is a corrupted society that you see today playing out, that a lot of these parents, for the for the case of fortune and fame, have given their kids over to the beast, to have them sodomized and these things done just that they may obtain riches. I mean, this is sad to think about. He says, yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon and all the coast of Palestine? Uh, Will ye render me a recompense? And if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem, uh, of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians that they might remove them far from their border. Behold, I will raise them out of the place whether ye have sold them and will return your recompense upon your own head. So for all those parents that have not repented, that have given their children over to Hollywood for the case of fortune and fame, you're gonna pay a price. Now, I would I would hope that that Joseph uh Jackson, you know, really repented and got his life right, but you know what? If he hadn't, he's gonna bust hell wide open for doing the things that he did to his family, for the mind control, all this stuff for money. I remember one day Sister Sarah and I were talking. And she told me the story about how Michael Jackson, um, his dad used to take him to late night meetings. Michael Jackson had an interview about this. His dad would take him to late night meetings and he would go up into these executive rooms. They would close the door behind him. And Michael Jackson would watch uh, two men or however many executive men were involved in sodomy. He would watch them do that to each other. And then they would, um, and his dad was with him and they would have Michael Jackson come and get involved in the activity. And then after they had abused Michael, his dad would take him in for ice cream or for a hamburger. Man, when I heard that story, that made my blood boil. Because you see, this is the type of wickedness that people will do to people. And one thing you find about all of these um, sex slaves and these monarch mind control children, they all had family members that were, or their dads were usually in the military. You know, if you look at, there's videos now of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, you know, dressed as women. They're cross-dressers. But you see, um, I don't know about Barkley, but I know that Shaquille O'Neal's dad was in the military. This is where that mind control comes in, and they know how to raise these kids up right to put these demons in them that they may be what they are. You know, and if anybody doesn't believe what I'm saying, look this stuff up because we're not going to focus on all that tonight, but we are going to make the point that this has become a hostile takeover. You got Whoopi Goldberg now, Ellen DeGeneres, all these things, them putting men in dresses and stuff like that because their whole goal is to destroy the image of God. We must understand that, you know, fortune and fame is not enough. We must get in line with God so that we don't fall away with this. So I just wanna make two quick points. And then from there, we're gonna listen to another video, but let's look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, guys, look at verse four. It says, riches, profit not in the day of wrath, but uh, righteousness delivereth from death. So as you can see, you've got to be righteous because there are riches that you think you're profiting in, they're not gonna lead you anywhere. So let's skip down. I wanna go to uh, verse uh, 28 and it says, he that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. So you see, you can't trust in riches towards men You've got to be rich towards God because if not, the devil will have your heart. That's why Jesus told his people, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but in heaven. Because you see, Hollywood is not just marketed to anybody that wants to be entertained, it's marketed to the poor. And that's why you find I mean, it's no secret to anyone that black people are probably the poorest race of people in the world. But you notice there's more of them as entertainers in Hollywood than anyone else. And of course, they've got to go. And this isn't a race issue. This is just bringing forward the point that they even market to the poor. Now, you take some black family grew up in the hood that had absolutely nothing, don't know how they're going to make it. And you get you have a talented children and Hollywood tells you, hey, man, we'll give you riches. All we got to do is sodomize your sons and we'll forget about the whole deal. But really, if you start out in that world, you're going to continue with it and they're going to push you further and further into it. You can only imagine the amount of abuse. And that's the that's the crazy thing about Hollywood is that it's this built-up fantasy that all these people are rich, but if you notice, a lot of them die broke and not having much. Why? Because the money that they have is borrowed. It's not really theirs. As long as you uphold the image and you do what they say and you get on that couch when I tell you to, or you get on your knees when I tell you to, You can keep, excuse me, your riches, but if not, we're gonna sick the IRS on you, okay? Or we're gonna, you know, just kill you and tell you that you died of sleeping pills. So once you get in with this beast, there is no just getting out of it like that, okay? So that's what we gotta be made aware of. If you trust in riches, you're gonna be sold unto the beast. And that's why I've got a teaching coming up next week about the mark of the beast, because we must understand that the mark is the least of your concerns. If you have partaken in this and you're led by riches or you have the desire of men and of the filth of this world, be prepared to take the mark unless you give your life to Christ. Why? Because you act just like the beast. You you eat everything the beast tells you to. You listen to that kind of music. You watch that kind of filth on television. You believe in this world system. So that qualifies you to take the mark. And a lot of these people have already taken the mark. It wasn't the mark that led these people into their filth. It was the name of the beast or the number of his name. The name of the beast is to be in line with everything associated with the beast. And the number is the very nature of the beast. Man and beast were made on the sixth day. So this is what we're dealing with. So let's get into another video real quick. Okay. Some of you might've seen this one already, but, um, yeah, let's get into it. As we talk about, you know, Saudiwood, because this is what they're doing to people. They're using and they're abusing people for their own will, you know, because they want to destroy the image of God. And what are they doing? Using money to bring this thing to pass and using entertainment. So you won't even notice that this is what's going on. Uh, hey, brother or sister. Um, oh, brother, Mike. Hey, brother, Mike. So let's look at, um, you know, this is uh, Dave Chappelle will not wear a dress. All of these videos are in the description box. And when you get time, look at them, guys. He's on Oprah's show telling this story. I mean, I'm a conspiracy
2: theorist to a degree. Like, when I, I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know. But certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man... And the movie's in a dress at some point in their career. i will be coming in and down. like, well, these bros gotta wear a dress. This happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in the trailer. I'm like, man, this must be a long trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen. You got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute. (laughs) And he put this dress on and, huh? Well, this is a prostitute. No, I'm not doing it. I don't feel comfortable with it. It, That should have been in the discussion. What? You don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it's a hilarious bit. All the greats have done it. So, well, if all the greats have done it, it's kind of hacky, right? You're right. So why don't we just not do it? Because I don't feel comfortable wearing a dress. Oh, come on, Dave. Listen, we we got it all set up. We are supposed to shoot. Every every minute you waste costs this much money. You know the pressure comes in. Huh. And I'm now nah, I'm not wearing no dress, man. I'm funnier than a dress. Just give me something funny to say. I don't to wear no dress to be funny. Am I melting, burn? You know we go like this. And then finally he's like, ah. And he, he leaves. And then like the director comes. David really would be great if you wear the dress. What is wrong? What is this? A uh, boat back mountain history? So then <laughs> <laughs> <so, man. laughs> I mean, uh, Wear the dress. I dress. not want to wear the dress. I want to wear this dress. So, I mean, this is, oh, gosh. That's so difficult. They leave. <laughs> now the producers comes, come on, David, would be so great. I mean, and then I started thinking about it. all the comics that I've seen. Man, Neil Strong, Brothers, Robert, why didn't you put us in these dresses? But the minute it was clear, I was adamant, I'm not wearing a dress. I'm not wearing the dress. All right. Fine. Think of something else. That goes back 10 minutes later. The whole thing how, damn how did you write the scene so fast? <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? So you got to take a stink. Okay, so that was Dave Chappelle talking about when he first started in his career. Hell, you know, and, and I'm not for any of the stuff that these guys do, okay? I want y'all to understand that right now. Anything worldly is of the devil. It has nothing to do with Christ. But I'm bringing up the point here. That, you know he was a promising young actor and, and comedian, and you know he's back now. So I guess they eventually got to him. But the point is, is he was gone for quite a while because they wanted him to wear a dress, and he said that all the Hollywood actors were actually doing this sort of thing. That they were, you know, I mean it's true. You guys remember Eddie Murphy? You know how many times he wore a dress? You look at the Wayans brothers. You know they wore dresses. You know if you look at uh, what's his name. Jamie Foxx, you know Will Smith, um, Arsenio Hall, you know, um, I mean, there's just so many Wesley Snipes. All these guys, at some point in their lives, had to wear a dress because that was their initiation. That these men have been sodomized. You see, that was their initiation to destroy the image of God, and this is why we've got to be careful with this sort of thing. Uh, Sister Sarah is right. Robin Williams, you know, he had to wear a dress, but you see. That, that's part of the initiation is to destroy the image of God because God doesn't want you and I fooling around with that sort of thing. Martin Lawrence, another one, wearing a dress. So you see, there is an agenda that these people are pushing because they know what God's word says. Don't think that these Hollywood actors are just entertainers or they're just writers and they, that they're stupid men. They're not stupid. They know what God's word says. I mean, Tyler Perry is the one doing it more than anybody now as Medea. Now, why do they put these men in dresses? Tyler Perry is probably the most dangerous one of them all because he's built a character around this dress. And, you know, he's done some plays and he's become big. He's become really funny with it. And that whole goal is to get your son into a dress, to to think that he's Medea and somehow he's being funny. You see, this is part of the destruction and the dangers that you get of Hollywood. And I'm sorry to say, I don't care who don't like this, but for any people out there, black, white, or otherwise, if you get into this filth and you find that entertaining, you are no better than they, because you're also leading these children to think that this is all right. And I don't care if you want to turn it off, then turn it off. But it's an abomination before the Lord. Let's look at Deuteronomy 22. I don't care if you're a partaker of it, you you are just as guilty. You need to repent and get right with God. And if you got those videos in your house, throw them out, okay? Because it's not good. God doesn't like it. It's outright filth. We call ourselves Christians sitting there watching R-rated movies. Deuteronomy 22, guys, look at verse 5. He says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do these, I mean, for all that do so, are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, we've already looked up what abomination is it is that which is detestable, that which is filthy, abhorred, you know, a disgusting thing that God doesn't want anything to do with. God made his men to be men. But what you're finding out is the devil, every chance he get is not going to put his, those who follow him in dresses, but he's also going to try and get the people of God to, to mimic these Hollywood stars. And I got this video in the description box. I hope you guys look at, but it's called the uh, satanic or the homosexual hip hop agenda. And you guys are going to see firsthand that almost every one of your stars Have you been kissing men in the mouth, involved in homosexual activity, wearing women's clothes, you know, tight, skinny jeans, and all these things because of the fact that, you know, they want people to fall in line with them. There is an agenda to destroy the people of God. And that's why you can't be one of those Christians that just says, I don't want to hear about any of this stuff. I don't want to talk about that. Just focus on Jesus. And that's true. We should focus on Jesus. But while you're focusing on Jesus, watching this filth, okay, something else is getting into you and you don't even realize it. The Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he gets an advantage over us. So we gotta be careful what the eye sees and what the ear hears, because if not, the devil can work his way into your psyche and before you know it, you're gonna find this okay. All right? so. I do want to play another clip because it's getting kind of late of another video. I kind of asked the Lord, should I play this or not? Because there is some cursing involved in it. You know, I'll probably play that one last. But the point that is being made here is this guy is recognizing that this is not right. Now, he knows this, but this is the way he's expressing himself. Why? Because he's a sinner. But even a sinner, I believe in many cases, has got more wisdom and knowledge than a lot of the people that go to church and claim to serve Christ. Your pastor won't even preach about this because of the fact that he doesn't want to offend, because he doesn't care for the people. But this guy spoke his mind and told the absolute truth. So this is a rapper called Yuck Mouth, and it says he's saying that there is a gay agenda being pushed in hip hop. Okay, so look at this. And all these will be in the description box, as I said. So forgive the profanity. If you got kids, move them away, you know, whatever. But I want people to hear this and understand this, that this guy can even see the truth. Back in the day, like you go in a certain neighborhood, you got to watch what, what color you wearing
2: still? Is it still like that? Um, It's more, you know, everybody is like hipsters and shit, you know, more millennial,
3: you know what I mean? So it's more of, um, of you know it, you know what I mean? Uh, okay, these niggas from this hood, these niggas from that hood, it ain't more of the color thing no more. You know, it ain't the flag, niggas ain't wearing flags like that, niggas ain't wearing, you know, the neighborhood shit. The most you could get that a nigga wearing from some, you know, is like the hats, you know what I mean? So you could tell, like, what type of hat a nigga wear that, what set he from. That's probably the only thing you'll see, you know
0: what I mean, period. And then
3: once you see that, you're like, oh, yeah, don't fuck with them. We from here, oh respect them niggas, whoop, whoop, whoop. So niggas wear the hats right now, but they don't get the bandanas and shit, none of that no more, you know? Got everybody wearing,
4: the, you know, skinny jeans and the tight shirts and shit, so. I'm just saying that the dress
3: code is different, man. Niggas wearing a lot of colorful shit, so (laughs) it's
0: a different type of dress code. Niggas ain't tripping on colors, you know? What do you think about these rappers today? they like wearing dresses and shit. Uh,
3: (laughs) I gotta be careful, man. They're gonna kill me for this shit, man. I think, um, you're not naming nobody names you're not naming rappers. I, I just think it, I think it's fucking sad, you know, because at the end of the day, hip hop is more of a, um, manly type of thing, you know what I mean? Like R&B and pop, you know what I mean? And singing and shit is more like feminine, you know? So if it came from a singer, you know, in a dress or whatever, I wouldn't mind, but rappers, that shit annoyed me, you know what I mean? Especially when you're not gay. Now if you say you were gay, you know what I mean, or you know, bisexual, homosexual, I accept it because that's who you are, but you your name is something, you know, that represents the streets, but you represent what females do when you dress up. You know what I mean? So that that's just getting me real puzzled. And then I hate that it's just a whole gay agenda being just pushed on the youth right now. You know what I mean? From the cartoons to the, you know what I mean, to, to school. You know what I mean? It's more than how niggas is dressing right now, period. You know, it's just all across the board. They're pushing this gay agenda and they just, you know, like, give the kids a choice, you know, give the kids a choice to grow up, you know what I mean, and make a choice. I don't just put it in their face and say, hey, you're the, you know, like, you. they're changing it up. You can't be a male or a female like when you're born. It's like transgender, like, I don't know what the fuck going on. So just across the board it's just this weird, 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 weird you know what I mean? And no disrespect and no offense to the, you know, LGB, what is it, LGBG community? You know what I mean? You know, my uncle was gay, cool as shit, coolest nigga I ever knew. So I have no, nothing against gay people. But I, but I do have something is people with the gimmicks. If you gay, be gay. You know, but if you got a gimmick and you pushing this image to the kids, you know what I mean? Our kids going not want to be boy kids. You know what I mean? A little boys going to be wanting to wear dresses and shit instead of, you know what I mean? Go play baseball and football and shit. You know what I mean? Sit on lean and wear fucking fingernails. And, I mean, finger paint and shit instead of, you know what I mean? Really getting out there and being a real kid, a real boy. You know what I mean? So at the end of just promoting the wrong image, I think, you know. And um, let people be gay. The kid growing up gay, let them be gay. You know, it don't need nothing else. Make him be more gay. If he gay, he's gay. He, he accepted it. It's
0: cool. You know what I mean? You don't need this shit being punked to the kids that's not gay. You know what I mean? To the people that's, you know, that's not gay. You know what I mean? It's just disgusting, man. It, to me, real disgusting, man. And, and then. So I'm sorry, guys, for the profanity. But as you can see, this rapper, Yuck Mouth, he even said in the beginning of this that if he would say what's what, he said, man, they're going to kill me. So I got to be real careful with what I say concerning this because he knew that you know there's an agenda but this man called it absolutely disgusting. And you know, you see one thing you're going to find about all these rappers that we hear today it's going to be for them that you know they say well whatever you do is all right but they don't understand that you know a lot of them have that spirit also and I'm not for it. Okay, if you are you need to repent and get right with Christ and give your life to him. But the point I'm making here is is that this whole gay agenda is being pushed because you got men like this who got more guts than a lot of these pastors today can openly talk about how disgusting it is. You know, like I said, forgive me for the profanity, but this man, if you're really a man, I mean, not even a man of God, just a man, then your humanity, man, your your testosterone is going to kick up in you, and you're going to see how this is wrong and want to speak against it. So this guy made it clear, it was disgusting. He didn't like the agenda, how they're putting these little boys in dresses and these little girls in in guys' clothes. And, you know, they're trying to change these kids and do these things. You see, this is what Hollywood is all about, but that guy knew enough. He said that they will deal with him if he says the wrong thing. So that's telling you who's running Hollywood and who's running the world. The sodomites have taken over and what are they using? Hollywood to get their agenda met. But you and I, we've got to cling to the word of God and stay in line with Jesus Christ. Because if we seek after things outside of what the Lord wants, God, sooner or later through your sin and your greed and your lust, it's only going to lead you to one place. And that is to become a sodomite. I'm telling you, let's look at, uh, let's get into the scripture. If we got time, we'll get back into it. But You know, I got articles too on, you know, the whole Kevin Spacey, uh, you know, Weinstein thing and the stuff how they were abusing and sodomizing little boys. But you guys are going to find out how this all ties together. This is all involved in sex magic. So I got an article with that I'm going to read in a bit, but let's get into the scriptures and why Jesus says the things that he does, because if not, we're going to get snared. Now, remember how he said that What profit have it a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? That's something that we better pay attention to and we better realize because you see, everything that we go after out there is for the world, but it doesn't lead you closer to Christ, it pulls you farther away from Jesus Christ. So unless we cling to him your heart will begin to have inordinate affection and you're going to find yourself running after the fame of this world. Even for college graduates, guys, I got nothing against that at all, that you get an education. But do you not realize you're participating in a Masonic initiation ritual that hopefully some of you who have graduated will renounce that in Jesus' name and take your allegiance away from the devil? But that's their whole agenda. You're dressed in these little robes like a little apprentice, but really those are witch gowns. Those are witchcraft gowns. And what do they do? Once you graduate, you take your tassel and you flip it over just to make clear that you have crossed over. But these are all Masonic degrees. You got a master's degree. You got a bachelor's degree. You got a doctorate degree. This is all a part of that Masonic initiation that people are partaking in. And you don't know what demon jumps on you. After you graduate or when you do that initiation and then you come out with this proud mind thinking you know stuff and you take the word of God and you put it on a back burner. This is all a part of that that lore of this world that sodomizes us spiritually and physically in some cases, but it casts spells on the mind to get you to fall in line with the dreams and the snares and the wicked immorality of Hollywood. So this is why we've got to be careful with this, but let's look at what Jesus says. I wanna go to Luke 12 and let's look at verse 13. Luke 12, look at verse 13. It says, and one of the company said unto him, master, speak to my brother that he divide his inheritance with me. So what are these people coming to Jesus about? A money issue. It's an inheritance. Maybe somebody died and left money, but this is their concern. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? So in other words, who said that I care about that mess? Look at verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed. And beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possess he possesseth. So this is what he's telling him here: that a man's life does not consist of those things. Okay? That's covetousness. What is covetousness? That's greed. That's to go after the cares of this life that keep us from the ways of Christ. But look at what he says in verse 16. thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. So here was a man that felt like he had plenty of riches. The barn that he originally had for him was too small. So what did he do? He built a bigger barn and he stored up all his treasure and he became happy and merry and said to his soul, soul, We're gonna eat for many days. We're gonna have all these things, you know? Life is just gonna be good for me. But look at verse 20. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So you see, you can build up anything you want to here, but death is the great equalizer. And you see, there's a lot of people like Beyonce and Jay-Z and all these people that have sold their souls for rock and roll, sold their souls for a record deal or for a contract or, you know, for auditions or to be accepted and be starred in movies. Many of these people have sold their souls. But you know what they've all found out? It's just not worth it. I'm in this and now I'm feeling like I'm stuck. You're not stuck. You may do without. They may kill you now, but if you die a Christian and you give your life to Jesus Christ and you repent, God will set you free. And he may just preserve your life and protect you. But you see, this is why the devil wants you to say certain things. He wants you to commit to what he's got, because when you sell your soul to the devil, he's got a legal right to use you. Pastor Price used to say this, and this is true. How can you give a man like Jay-Z billions of dollars? What is his contribution to society? What has he really done for the makeup of society? All he's done is demoralize your sons and daughters and, and teach all kinds of filth with nursery school rhymes. So you see, when people indulge in that and they get into that, the devil is gonna pay Jay-Z large sums of money. For what purpose? That they may you know, um, get, you know get the minds of, of men and women and children, okay, to become corrupt and to follow after their spell. That's what this is about, man. And a lot of people are running, going after fortune and fame, realizing that it's going to cost them more than they can possibly wish. That's how the devil is. When you get a tattoo, that'll cost you $250, $300, but it'll cost you $30,000 to have it removed. This is the way the devil works. You know, marriage to the wrong person, easy to get into. You want to get out? and I'm not for divorce, guys, but it'll always cost you more. That's what a sinful world is all about. Sin will cost you more. What What did uh, Pastor David Langford say? Sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. It'll cost you more than you were ever willing to pay. And that's what we better understand. The devil plays for keeps. The devil deals in credit. You'll have fun now, but you'll pay later because he tries to build a covenant with everything that we have, you know? So look at uh, what Jesus says in verse 21. He says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So as you can see, we need to be rich towards God and not to self. When you store up for self, you're only gonna damn your own soul if you know not Christ. Verse 22 says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have a storehouses nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the uh, better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that wit to do that thing, which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? And you see, a lot of people will stress themselves out going after the cares of this life, and a lot of people have sold their souls, and they're in tight spots right now. But Jesus makes clear. Your heavenly father, if he takes care of the birds who don't have storehouses, if he takes care of, you know, these stray cats and all these other different things, your heavenly father will take care of you much more than they, because after all, we were made in God's image and likeness. He says in verse 27, consider the lilies, who they grow, for how they grow. Oh man, people gotta call me in the last minute. But anyway. He says, consider the lilies, how they grow. Uh, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, if then God so clothed the grass, uh, which is today, but uh, in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? So you see, if you got faith in God, you're gonna wait on the Lord and you're gonna let him direct your life. He says, for all these things through the nations of the world seek after and your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. So he made clear in one and another version it talks about in Matthew that the Gentiles seek after these things. What are the Gentiles? Worldly people. What are the people of the nations? Worldly people that know not God. They seek after the riches, the fortune and the fame and all that they could have. But look at verse 31, he says, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, excuse me, and all these things shall be added unto you. So as you can see, if you seek Christ and you you pay attention to what God wants, God will meet every need for you. But if you go the devil's way, he's gonna get you to commit to things that are only going to destroy you in the end. And that's what we gotta be careful of. So um, look at first Timothy chapter six, and we'll get right back. I got another video to play for you guys. Man, I'm thirsty. Oof. All right. First Timothy six and one. He says, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Do You guys want to know what's interesting? You got a lot of Hollywood actors also claiming to be Christians. And you see a lot of Christians have taken the bait. Why? Because they love the world. I'll give you an example of one, Russell Wilson. Remember how when the Seahawks were big and this man would go and get other people from other teams and come out on the field and pray with them? You notice they don't talk about that anymore. And also he married a woman, a female entertainer called Sierra. Now Sierra is all involved in all kinds of satanic ritual stuff. So if he was really a man of God, he wouldn't be linking himself to Sierra. So that whole Russell Wilson thing going out and praying that was just to draw the stupid Christians in that we would run after that and say, you see, you can be involved in the world and be rich and still be a a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, you were duped, you were fooled. Welcome to the magic of Hollywood that pushes all these things on you and keeps you away from serving Christ. You see, but a lot of people took that bait. So he says, look at verse two, And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud knowing nothing, But doting about questions and stripes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings. And I want you to know something else about Saudi Wood. It seeped into the church. That's how you had Bishop Eddie Long in that new birth church, sodomizing those boys, getting them in line with him. That's why you got Catholic priests doing the things that they're doing. This is why Joe Osteen is on TV. This is why Creflo Dollar is on TV and TDJs what are they doing? They are spiritually sodomizing the people, okay, through their feelings to get them caught up in the cares of this life and prosperity doctrine. You see, Soddy Wood is everywhere. It's even in the churches. When you got people, pastors out there, not teaching you the truth, and they're trying to enter in through your feelings and not your spirit, that is spiritual sodomy that they're doing, to get you in line with it. And this is why the church has got no guts today. This is why the church won't fight back. This is why the church won't stand for Christ because they've been sodomized. They've been castrated. They're Bambi the eunuch now. They've got no guts, okay? Because all we've been learning over these last 10, 15 years is, oh, just love the people. Just show love. Just speak sweet to everybody. They're sodomizing you. Jesus didn't even talk about love as much as these people are. And even when Jesus did, it was for the benefit of learning. Love is never never void of truth. But when you got these false teachers out there that use their sweet language to sodomize you, it's because they want to turn or take the fight out of you that you won't serve Christ. So you see, that's what we got to be made aware of. He says, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth. Supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. So you see a lot of people here believe that gain is godliness, but the Lord is telling them or Paul is telling Timothy, withdraw yourself. Anybody that tells you that God loves me is why I have all this stuff. And God won't love you unless you have all this stuff. That's not godly. He says, when they believe that having gain in the world is godliness, I mean, you know, uh, remove yourself from these individuals, okay? Because just how the point has been brought up, you got rich Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims, they got more than Christians. Does that mean that they're serving the right God? Absolutely not. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So, you know, godliness, let's look up godliness. This is G2150. That word is reverence or respect, piety towards God and godliness, okay? Or dutiful. Then it mentions here, let's look at a contentment. This is G841. That word is a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. Sufficiency, uh, of the necessities of life, a uh, mind contented will I like content uh, with its lot contentment. So as you can see, you you accept what God gives you, whatever, even if it's a little. You know what? Consider it a blessing. Have Thanksgiving in your heart. Thank the Lord. Don't go after covetousness and greed because these things will only lead you away from the Lord. Now it's going to be all this is going to be mentioned. Look at verse seven for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Man, that is Hollywood as you know it. I'll read that again. Look at verse nine. But they that will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, which is a trap, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Hollywood has destroyed just about every life that has come into contact with it. If they weren't sodomized, they usually died crazy or died broke or went to hell simply believing the lie. You know, if you look at uh, Michael Jackson, Dead at 50, Whitney Houston, I think she was, what, 48 or something? She died. You know, look at Elvis Presley. Look at all the people that were caught up in this beast, in this system, that they were big at one point and everybody flocked to them, but they all died, man, in the worst possible way because they pierced themselves through with many sorrows, going after worldliness and calling that gain when really they should have Christ and live for him. So you see, when you're not rich towards God and you don't lay up treasures for yourself in heaven, if you don't have contentment towards God, you're gonna run after the ways of the beast and a lot of people are going to be snared. That's why God won't give a lot of his people riches because he knows that a lot of their minds can be corrupted. Now, Abraham was rich, Solomon was rich. And these were men, well, except for Solomon. you know, At one point, Solomon was given riches because he loved the Lord. But you see, David was giving riches too. I mean, not David, uh, Abraham, because Abraham loved the Lord. He would hold nothing back from him. So God could trust Abraham with a million dollars, why? Because Abraham was gonna do with that million dollars what God told him to do. But people like, you know, today, man, forget it. What do you think corrupted all these pastors? A lot of these pastors got into the faith and they were good, well-intentioned men, John Osteen, was a real preacher of righteousness. Joe Osteen, his son, was given millions of dollars, and look at him. Look at the lies he's telling. Look at how he's sodomizing the masses, telling them every day is Friday. Look at Creflo Dollar. Got the gift to preach, but his gift has been corrupted because he ran after riches. Look at T.D. Jakes. At one point, T.D. Jakes was a good preacher too. But now he's on the cover of Time Magazine as the next Billy Graham. Why? going after the riches. So you see, these things are the things that destroy men. He says in verse 10, oh, excuse me. He says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they were greedy after, they have erred as an error uh, from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But look at what he says to us. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. So as you can see, you've got to fight for your soul. This battle is for your soul. This battle is to get right with Christ. This battle is to Forsake the cares of this life that we can walk with Jesus because a lot of people have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, going after fortune and fame and everything that Hollywood has to offer. So I'm gonna play another quick video. Okay, Of uh, I believe this is another rapper too short. He talks about gays and hip hop okay? And the reason why I'm going to keep stressing that point is not because I hate homosexuals. I want them to repent. But you see why men's clothes are getting skinny. They're wearing purses now. They're dressing these rappers in dresses and, man, giving them long hair and taking pictures. And, you know, Kirk Franklin, who a lot of you flocked to when he brought that stomp music, remember? And, And everybody thought, Oh, it's a good way to reach the children. You know, you've got to be like the world. That's a lot. Now you've got Kirk Franklin wearing a purse with lipstick, and this guy's lost his mind. You've got this uh, so-called Christian rapper, Lecrae. He's walking around in women's boots with, you know, uh, makeup on and a pocketbook. Okay, so you see all of these people that are flocked to the rap game. It doesn't matter if it's Christian rap. It's still sinful. They all go through the same initiations and indoctrinations that lead people away from Christ. So I'm gonna keep hitting it. I'm gonna keep hammering it. I'm gonna keep talking about Saudi wood because this is an agenda that is meant to destroy the people of God. So this is a rapper two short, which talks about the gays and hip hop. Here we go. <laughs>
4: I remember interviews made back in the day, and I asked him if he if he would ever do a, a song with a gay rapper. Mm-hmm. And he said that
3: he's pretty sure he's done one already. <laughs> 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 That's what I asked that Joe the question? Does yeah, he me. mean a lot of rappers, rappers I asked?
4: Do they think about it for a second? Like, pretty sure I've done a song with a gay rapper. Yeah, man, I I'm in the industry. I've been hearing stories since 1997. I don't. Talk about that shit. My personal opinion is, if you talk about it too, yeah. something bad will happen to you. Cause it's something, it's something in the air, man. We're just like i I'm a conspiracy theorist, so we know. Go. I'm gonna
0: play that again, guys. I'm sorry. I'm gonna play that again because the devil didn't want to hear it. I don't know why people are actually messaging me while they know I'm teaching. So I'm gonna have to mute this. I'm sorry. But I want you guys to hear what he says concerning this, because you know, this is key. This is key. Check this out. <laughs>
4: uh-huh.
0: I remember I ended back in the day and I
3: asked him if he, if he would ever do a, a song with a gay rapper. Mm-hmm. And he said that he's pretty sure he's done one already. <laughs>
4: That's you Fat Joe the question? Ooh, a lot of rappers I asked, did they think about it for a second? I'm pretty sure I've done a solid Yeah, man, I, I'm in the industry. I've been hearing stories since 1997. I don't talk about that shit. My personal opinion is if you talk about it too much, something bad will happen to you. Because there's something, something in the air, man. We're just like a, am a conspiracy theorist. So. You know, Fat Joe said there's a gay mafia. I was just going to say about it. I want to say it because I'm a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, you talk about it, something's going to happen to you. Yeah? So, I do mean, you think it's a gay body? I think if you talk about it, <laughs> something's <laughs> going to happen to you. But I was homophobic in the 90s, yeah. and the world got so gay that it just kind of went away. It's like, I think, um, this is what a gay person told me, it's like, you could just tell. It's like, just like when a man's attracted to a woman, you could tell who's gay, it's just a thing. So, I personally have never been hit on by a homosexual, but I've been around tons of them. It's like, I, I used to be like, you know, keep the first wave, but now, you can't shoot a video, you can't do anything. You can't get on an airplane, you can't do anything without having to interact with gay people, so it's like, it's like with the whole gay marriage thing, I'm like, why are you hating them? Just let them get married. Just what the fuck? They don't want to get married probably because they want to live their lives together. They're going to do that anyway. They want to get married so they can get some marital benefits. Right. That's what the whole shit is about. So, why right. hate? Um, if it wasn't a gay song, <laughs> you know? What are we talk about some gay shit? I wouldn't be on the I'm saying it. But if we're talking about a subject, I don't I ain't tripping. I don't care.
0: So, there's another rapper that was talking about that there's a gay mafia and he said, hey, if I say these things, something bad is going to happen to you. So he said he had to be real careful with what he said. But you see, he also brought up a key point, making uh, saying at one point he used to be homophobic. There's no such thing as homophobic, OK? That's a, that's a medical term or a mental issue term that they give to anybody that doesn't support it. But here's the thing. He brought up that, yeah, man, they run the industry. You know, you don't want to talk about it because you can get yourself in trouble. But here's the thing. He said that the world used to be really gay. I mean, well, the world at one point he was like that. But then the world became really gay now. So it doesn't even bother him. It doesn't even affect him. Going back to what we talked about, to 2 Peter chapter 2, when it says Lot became vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. You can tell now this is what's happening to everybody. It's becoming normalized. If all you do is watch TV and all they have is homosexual people on there, it's going to be seen as normal, but it's not right. You know, a lot of things are seen as normal today, but it's not right. And you see, he's like the second or third rapper that we listen to or entertainer that said, well, as long as they do what they do, that's their business. This guy is totally misunderstanding. It's only a matter of time before he gets, you know, taken advantage of, if he probably was already. Even he has sense enough to know if you talk about this, they're going to get you in trouble. So that should tell some. That should tell everybody. You know something about this is eventually, and it's already happening. Your rights are going to be infringed upon. You are not going to be able to openly speak about this sort of thing. And you see, so what about the rights of the Christian? Instead of the Christians looking at me like I'm wrong, okay, because I'm not preaching about you know, you should love them. I love them is why I'm telling them the truth. But you see, they don't say anything against them that are taking over and doing what they're doing. So we're going to have to get to the place of men and women of manning up and truly being what God wants us to be. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6 and let's look at verse 9. But you see, they'll always do that. You want to know who's been sodomized in your church? All right. And I'm speaking spiritually. There are always the people that when you start talking what I'm talking about, standing up for Christ, telling the truth and going out there for what you know, they'll always tell you, yeah, but you got to, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Man, God hates you for doing the sin. Yes, God loves us, but you better understand something. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, he's not going to let you go free and throw your sins in hell he's going to throw this sinner in hell because sin is a nature. You're not a sinner because it's what you do. You're a sinner because that's what you are. And if God is angry with sin every day, he hates sin. Okay. So when people try and tell you, oh, well, don't, you know, hate the sinner, hate the sin, man, you've been sodomized because you don't understand. What about the sinner that's using Hollywood to convert your little boy or girl to become a homosexual? You see, what about, what about the sinner, okay, that's teaching your children in grade school all this filth so that they can find it normalized? What about the sinner that's preaching and, and playing music through the airwaves, okay, about sodomy and all sorts of filth? What about the amount of souls that they're claiming? And you want to tell me don't hate the sinner, love the sin? I mean, or hate the, don't hate the sinner, hate the sin? I hate sin in general. And if anybody's a partaker of it, they're going to be standing before Jesus Christ one day for real. So when people try and come to me with that, man, get out of my face. You already gave up the fight long ago. You have already decided it is better to coexist, to go along, to get along, because you've been sodomized. Okay, but for the real Christian, we need Elijah. We need John the Baptist in here. We need Paul. We need those who are serious about the faith that are willing to proclaim the gospel at all odds, because you know what? That's the only hope that these people have. So when people try and come to me, oh, we are to love each other. Man, go somewhere, go away, okay? Because you don't even understand where we are. Like Pastor Price said, you try and love on the devil all you want, and he will bury a hatchet in your skull, because that's what he comes for, to steal, to kill and to destroy. And we better wake up quick and recognize where we are and see what's going on because you're about to lose all rights. We will be Sodom and Gomorrah again. You bet that. 1 Corinthians 6, let's look at verse nine. I don't care if this message is not godly enough for you, turn it off. Okay, because you don't even see what's going on. What hurts me is what's happening to these kids, what's happening to these people. Little boys getting taken advantage of because their parents are greedy. Lord, forgive me. I'm not angry, but you know, people need to understand where we are. You better understand where we are and get that love mess out of your mind. Love is never void of truth. When you love someone, you tell them the truth. When you love them, you want to see them set free. Of all those people, ooh, my virgin ears, I just can't believe you said that. Man, go away, because I'm not talking to you anyway. I'm talking to the saint that wants to be saved. As my brother Mike said, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Amen, brother. Righteous anger is not the same. Amen, brother. You know, brother Mike understands it and you got people you speak to every day that don't see this. You got pastors not even born again telling you it's okay for two homosexuals to marry. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse 9. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. So you see, you can be be deceived into believing that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God. He says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So let's look up the word effeminate. This is G3120. That word is malikos, and it means a man that is soft, soft to the touch, metaphorically in a bad sense, effeminate, of a catamite, of a boy kept for homosexual relations, with a man of a male uh, who submits his body to unnatural lewdness of a male prostitute. So, as you can see, the effeminate man, the Morris Day, the Michael Jackson, the Prince, and all these other guys, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. God made men to be men, not for men to be like women. Okay? But this is what the devil has done. Now, look up. I'm going to look up next, uh, or nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Notice that the King James uses abusers of themselves, because after all, what is sodomy? Sodomy is abuse. And it's saying you're abusing of yourself with mankind, your own. This is G733. And that word is one who lies with a male as with a woman, a sodomite, a homosexual. Okay. So there you have it. It's abuse. It is unnatural affection. It is not the appetite that God gave his people. But you see, a lot of people are going to get caught up in this because of the fact that they're pushing this false love doctrine and they're not telling people the truth. What good is it if I show love to a homosexual, invite him in my house, you know, sit down and eat, introduce him to my family, and he and I become the best of friends, And I don't tell him the truth about his sin. What good did that do him? He's still gonna burn in hell and possibly me now for knowing the truth and not telling him. But you see, if you tell these people the truth, hey, you don't care if they love you or hate you. You care about their soul getting saved that they may find Jesus Christ. It's time for the people who are willing to submit to what the Lord wants to wake up. So he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God, and look at what he says in verse eleven, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. so none of us, okay, we're in this world, hey brother uh Gary and sister Heather, we're praying for you guys still, but none of us came into this thing where we were just you know, born again. We weren't born saved, we were all sinners. He says, and such were some of you, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the Lord Jesus and through the spirit of our God. He says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So some people would ask, is watching TV, you know, wrong? Depends on what you're watching, in my opinion. But you see what he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. So all things are not profitable to do, just because there's no law against doing them. My advice to anyone is, I'm not going to tell someone, to throw out your TV. I, sh- I need to throw mine out, because I don't even watch it anymore. But the bottom line is, is that you know, if, if you're putting something on that's Christian, which you can't find, you're going to have to actually buy uh, videos, you know, that are Christian and things. But, you know, not to be brought under the power of these things, guys. When you're brought under the power of it, that's when it has an effect in your life and it destroys you. He says, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication. So let's look up this word fornication, because you see a lot of people think that fornication itself is just sex without marriage, but we're going to find that's the Greek word pornia. You guys look at this. This is G4202. That word is pornia, and it means illicit sexual intercourse, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, that's bestiality, etc. Sexual intercourse with a close relative, that's um, incest. And then you got sexual intercourse with a div- divorced man or woman, and that is adultery. Uh, okay. And then it says, metaphorically, the worship of idols, uh, of the defilement of idolatry as incurred uh, by eating the sacrifices offered to idols. So, you know, we better even be careful going to Chinese restaurants because most of their food is sacrificed to idols. But you see, pornea is a big word. So look at how many people idolize these sodomites in Hollywood, and they don't even give God the glory like that. You see, we're we're slowly being conditioned for a world that we're going to be partakers in unrighteousness and not pursuing what the Lord wants. He says, and God hath raised hath both raised the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. So let's understand this. What you're seeing is the reason why many of these men will join themselves, okay, unto these these entertainers is because they're trying to be one spirit. They want to make of them of what they are. If you lay down with a harlot, you become a harlot. You be a partaker in homosexual activity, you become a homosexual. You see? So what you have made yourself one with, or even that which you agree with, still makes you a sodomite. And that's why for all those rappers that are saying, well, that ain't my thing. That's their thing. If they want to do it, that's all right. Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So if you join yourself to that thing or you OK, it, or well, it's not my thing, but I'm OK with seeing it, then you are a sodomite, too. And you're going to become one with that spirit. That's why you got men today in the pulpit who can't speak up against it, because they're sodomites as well. If you and I were to bring up sodomy in the church, and I've seen this, and I've done this, you'll find that many of them can't even don't even want to talk about it. You know why? Because the preacher himself is a sodomite. He's involved in anal oral copulation. Half the congregation is involved in sodomy. So you see a lot of people will say, well, the marriage bed is not defiled. Yeah, the marriage bed is not defiled as long as pornea is not involved in it. Okay, the Bible tells the wife to submit to her husband. He doesn't tell her to submit to the devil in her husband. But you see, this is what people are doing. And they're, and they're trying to say the marriage bed is undefiled. Yeah, that's if it's lawful and abiding in a lawful way. But if there's sodomy involved in it, then it's unlawful. The marriage bed is defiled. I remember Pastor Price listening to him years ago. He and I laughed about this a few weeks ago. But I remember he was one of the people that made me see sodomy for what it is. And, you know, he said that when you tell people about it, they'll tell you, well, show me in the Bible where it's at. Show me. And Pastor Price, you know, brought some real logic to this. And he said, man, you need sodomy. I mean, you need the Bible to show you just not to eat and drink out of the toilet? You need the Bible to actually tell you that sodomy is filthy? I mean, look at the body waste and fluids that come out of a man's member and his butt, okay? I mean, these are waste areas. These are dump areas. And the woman who has her monthly, God knows I'm not trying to be graphic, but she has her monthly and she also has a waste spot where these things come out and you're going to put your mouth down there. We've learned to have an appetite for sin, and it's disgusting. That's demonic. That's not of God. But you see, whatever you join yourself to, you become one with. And you see, those areas don't have a gender, and this is why a lot of people flock to these. So he says, uh, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? but to saith he uh, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So, these are the places that we need to get to. Hey, Brother Edward, you know, welcome. But these are areas that we need to get to to glorify God. You know, we can't be a part of this unnatural and filthy affections because these things, they dishonor us and they link us to the wrong spirit. Okay, so. I wanna look at something else. Um, Look at Deuteronomy 23, guys, and look at verse 17. I just wanna make a point here. Deuteronomy 23, and look at verse 17. I'm good, bro. I'm good, I know you're a true believer because a lot of videos that you set up, and I'm glad you're on here because I wanna thank you personally. You put up lots of videos of Pastor Price that I had no way of knowing him otherwise. And because of that, he has helped me to get saved. So Brother Edward, I wanna thank you for this because I thought that I was saved only to find out that I wasn't. But your diligence in putting up the works of Pastor Price has been a big help, not just to me, but to this ministry and all people that I share your videos with So brother keep in the good fight and fight the good fight. So let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 23, look at verse 17. He says, there shall uh, be no whore of the daughters of Israel nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog. Look what a sodomite is being called here, a dog. He says, into the house, of the Lord thy God, for any vow, for even both, these are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. So as you can see, these are sinful acts, and these are unlawful things that God wants us to be separate from, but a sodomite was called a dog. They were not even allowed in the camp. And here we are today celebrating them, pastors who are supposed to be men of the cloth, telling you that these acts are okay. And unbelievable, but this has become a Sodomite colony, and unless we understand who Jesus Christ is, guys, we're going to get snared. So I wanna go to another place. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, for, uh, Romans chapter one. I wanna make a quick point here. Go to Romans one. And I wanna read this thing, guys, about Alistair Crowley because you see, Alistair Crowley was considered you know, the most influential man concerning um, all the stuff that you see in Hollywood today. Hey, Brother Mark, all these guys look up to Aleister Crowley. He was on the Beatles album. And what is he most famous for today? And what does he say? He says, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. What does that mean? If it feels good, do it. And this is what a lot of people are flocking to today. If it feels good, and they want to just run and do it. But what are they bringing forward? They are destroying people by pretty much telling the people what Satan told Adam and Eve. Hey, man, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. You'll govern your own life. You'll see the things that you want to do. And because of that, you know, a lot of people are going to fall into a snare. So let's look up uh, Alistair Crowley. This is called Unleashing the Beast while you guys waited, uh, Romans 1. This idea sex magic, which is a scientific secret, were perfectly understood as it is not by me after more than 12 years, almost constant study and experiment, there would be nothing which the human uh, imagination can conceive that could not be realized in practice. That's what Alistair Crowley said. He says, what is peculiar uh, to modern societies is not that they uh, consign sex, Uh, to the shadow existence, but that they dedicated themselves to speaking of it as um, infinitum while exploiting it as the secret. Alistair Crowley stands out as one of the most remarkable and enigmatic uh, characters who has been a tremendous impact on contemporary new religious movements, esotericism, and occultism, even as he has been almost entirely ignored by the academic scholarship known in the popular press of uh, of as the wickedest man in the world and proclaiming himself the great beast 666. Crowley was the subject of intense media scandal, uh, moral outrage, and uh, titillating uh, lore throughout his life. In the years uh, since his death, he has become perhaps even more well-known as one of the most important influences on the modern revival of paganism, magic, and witchcraft. Yet despite his importance, Crowley has been largely ignored by historians of religions. In most cases, he has been dismissed as, at best, a pathetic charlatan and at worst, a sadistic pervert and a religious crank. Uh, most scholars of Western esotericism, such as Antoine uh, Fierre or Favre, or Fair, I guess, it says make only passing reference to Crowley while leading scholars of new age religions, such as uh, Wouter Hanegraaff, uh, oh, give him only a brief mention. Perhaps the primary reason for this neglect of Crowley is also for the intense scandal of titillation that surrounded him during his life. Uh, he was, oh, was his practice of sexual magic or magic uh, to use Crowley's spelling. Rejecting the prudish hypocrisy of the Victorian Christian world uh, in which he was raised, Crowley identified sex as the most powerful force in life and in a supreme source of magical power taking an apparent delight in outraging the British society of his time. Crowley made explicit use of the most deviant uh, sexual acts, such as masturbation and homosexuality. I'm going to tell you guys, too, who gave rise to uh, that guy, Kinsey. If you guys ever heard of Kinsey, this guy was involved in the uh, 20th century in all types of immoral sexual acts. He was a homosexual and he was a sadist, I mean, he enjoyed being tortured during sex, and I mean, this man's mind was pretty messed up, and I believe he was one of those sexual ritual abuse kids too, but he began to preach a whole new doctrine in terms of, you know, sex and how it is good to be perverted and have freedom of sex. As you can see, the deviant sexual acts here are masturbation and homosexuality. As a central components to his magical practice, at the same time, Crowley was also one of the first Western authors to take an interest in the Hindu and Buddhist traditions as Tantra, a highly esoteric body of teachings, and that center in part around the use of sexual energy as a source of spiritual power, which had long been criticized by European Ori- Orientalists, uh, scholars, and Christian mission, missionaries as the very worst and most perverse confusion of sexuality and religion. Now, I want to tell you guys something else. This is why you got a lot of those women teachers that are having sex with these young boys and performing homosexual acts on them, because what they're doing is they know that if you take the sperm of a young boy and you're a witch, that's going to give you power. If you penetrate a man in his anus, Lord forgive me for being vulgar vulgar, and you spew semen into him, that will give out your spirit to that young boy or to that man. So this is why you got a lot of these teachers fooling around with these young boys and you got a lot of these young boys that are, you know, um, doing Harry Potter magic, okay, just to get these teachers in bed. You see, all of this filth is what's going on today. Uh, hey sister, beautiful, beloved, long time no hear from. Hope all is well. Hey brother Daryl. Okay, so um, all right, let's continue. And he says, uh, in fact, for most American readers today, tantra is typically associated with Crowleyian sex magic. One needs now only browse through the shelves of any Barnes and Noble's bookstore or shelf, uh, and Oh, and surf the endlessly uh, proliferating uh, websites on the internet to discover the secrets of tantra, sex magic, and tarot, uh, practice tantra without tears, or even engage in Wicca for lovers. And I would encourage everybody, don't read those things, okay? This is just what they're saying. It says, but the question remains, how how much did Crowley actually know, either firsthand or secondhand? about Indian Tantra and what connection if any, did his system of sexual magic have with traditional Indian tantric practices This article will continue to expand upon some of the arguments made in the previous in the previous essay in which I examine the impact of Indian Tantra on Western esoteric traditions at the turn of the of the 20th century, through figures like Dr. Pierre Arnold Bernard, unknown uh, in the popular press as the Omnipotent One or oh, oh, Omnipotent Om, um. you know how the Om um sound is. You get a lot of Muslims that will actually, and, and you know, people that are in these Far East religion, they'll sit around and pray and they mm. hey brother Mike, you're right about martial arts. That's also how they're entering into the church. So he says these people would later become Crowley disciples. And it says, Crowley, uh, I will argue, is not only a fascinating figure worthy of attention by scholars of religion, but he has also a profound importance for the understanding of modern Western spirituality and culture as a whole. This importance is at least threefold. First, with his radical rejection of Victorian morality and his central emphasis on sex as the as the supreme magical power, Crowley is a remarkable reflection of his era of the sexual attitudes of late and post-Victorian England. Second, with his study of Hinduism and Buddhism, he was also a key figure in the transmission of Indian religion, uh, traditions of the West, including the controversial traditions of Indian Tantra. But as I hope to show, although Crowley did know a fair amount of Hatha Yoga, Raja Yoga, and uh, other Indian religious practices, he does not appear to have known much about Tantra. What he, what he did know seems to have come through secondary, superficial, and often uh, highly distorted sources that are deeply colored at the Victorian Orientalist, a uh, biased of the 19th century. Nonetheless, not not long after Crowley's uh, death, Tantra would soon become largely confused in the Western popular imagination of Crowleyan style sex magic. Ironically, despite his general ignorance about the subject and arguably uh, without ever intending to do so, Crowley would become a key figure in the transformation of the often gross misinterpretation of Tantra in the West. Where it was, I mean, where it would become increasingly detached form, it's uh, cultural content and uh, and increasingly identified with sex. Finally, in part because of this equation of Tantra and sexual magic, Crowley has also been one of the most influential figures of the revival of magic and a variety of alternative religions at the turn of the new millennium, uh, much of the literature now being sold under the titles of Tantra and Sex Magic. And I, I don't have time to read all of this, but I will get to one other part. It says, I will suggest were a key part of this larger fascination with sexuality during the late 19th century and early 20th centuries Yet Crowley would also push this discourse about sexuality as good as uh, a good deal of uh, further than most of his contemporaries uh, would have dared. Indeed, Crowley would make acts such as masturbation and sexual intercourse keys to magical power. So as you can see, this is how he worked and this is what Crowley was all about. And a lot of people reverence his word today and they're all partakers of it. But we've got to cling to Christ and be made born again and be truly what God wants us to be. So let's look at Romans one and let's look at verse 18. This is the breakdown. Romans 1, guys, and we're gonna look at verse 18. And it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. So you see, first what the devil has to do to you and I is hold the truth from unrighteousness. Now, if anybody is um, you know, not subscribed to the channel, guys, and you guys actually enjoy these teachings, then subscribe. And if not, if you have already share this word. Why? Because it's important that people have the truth. So the first thing that the devil does is hold the truth in unrighteousness. And it says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed unto them, I mean, showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So if you look at the creation of the world, you can clearly see that God is real. You're not gonna have all this order out of disorder if God doesn't exist. So what does the devil first do? Introduce you to things like evolution, tell you that you came from a monkey six million years ago, that you have no God to serve. This is all in his plan. He says, because that when they knew God, They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So if you stop giving God the glory and you begin to live for self, then what you see here is that people will hold the truth in unrighteousness and they become wicked in their imaginations. He says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things." So what you see here is that because they have forsaken God, they try and now change the image of God into that which is corruptible man is. This is why they tell you in church now, homosexuals can marry. This is why they tell you it's okay as long as it doesn't bother me. Oh, well, it's a sin, but we just gotta show them love and tolerate their sin and deal with it. The Bible don't tell you to tolerate sin. The Bible tells you to do away with sin, but because of this, they have changed the image of the uncorruptible God, and now they want want God to bow the knee to them. So God made man in his image. Now man wants to make God in his image. He says, wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So, what you see here is a lot of people will, um, you know, be given over to uncleanness because they have bought into the lie. And that's why I've got no mercy for a false prophet. If someone's coming in teaching you that, you know, you can sin and it's okay, or you're once saved, always saved, you're polluting the waters. You're keeping people from seeking after holiness and pursuing Jesus Christ. So you see, at that point, because all this has occurred, God gave them up to uncleanness. This is usually when people begin to fornicate. When you're women and you let men touch you in certain places, and when you're, you're men, you let women touch you in certain places, you're now unclean because you don't have the morals of God to back you up. He's, and look at what happens next. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This is why a lot of people will hearken unto their pastors and they'll forget about the Lord. God's word will say one thing, but the pastors will tell the people another. And because they worship and serve the creature, they serve evolution, they believe that man is right and God is out. He's on the outs with them. This is where people do the things that they do. So you see, they began to lie on God and they will serve the creature and not the creator. That's why the Bible tells us, cursed is the man that trusteth in man that maketh flesh his arm and his heart will depart from the Lord. So he says for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. So notice they're going further and further down. First, they go from hiding the truth to having wicked imaginations to changing the truth of God into a lie, okay? And then they're given over to uncleanness. And now you see here that they're in the place of vile affections. So we're gonna look at what vile affections means, guys. This is G819. That means dishonor, ignominy, and an absolute disgrace. It's a disgrace to be vile and we're gonna see what they're talking about here. So it says he gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So when it talks about that word for women or change the natural use, okay, we're talking about homosexuality here. We're talking about women using their parts, okay? Uh, uh, into being um, used for sodomy and, and you know, homosexuality and all these other things. So it's a shocking statement here, guys, that even the women, you know, because women are supposed to be cleaner than men. Women are supposed to be like, you know, that blossom. You know, it's, it's natural that most women smell better than men. They decorate homes better than women. You know, she's like a comforter, a type of comfort to the man. She's the glory of the man. But it's making clear here that even they have stooped to an all-time love, all because of their vile affections. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, okay? Burn in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Let's look for that which is unseemly, guys. I'm breaking this down slow. This is G808. That word for unseemly means unseemliness and unseemly deed of a woman's genitals of one's naked shame. Okay. So this is, and it says deformed, indecent, or unseemly. So in other words, the filth that was going on here was, let me just say, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. The things that God meant for a man and woman to come together and be one, the devil has tried to put a square peg in a round hole. Things are going in certain places that shouldn't be because you see what uncleanness and denial of God does. It makes makes your affections unnatural. Even animals, no, even a dog is gonna go and get a female dog because they also try and paint the lie too that, When, you know, certain animals are homosexual in the kingdom, in the animal kingdom. No, they're not. There's usually a display of dominance there or other things that are going on, but it's got nothing to do with sexual behavior. Even animals know that I need to be with a female if I'm willing to have pleasure and reproduce. Where man is now corrupted, he's transgender, he's all these different things because he has been corrupted through denial of his creator. So you see, look at verse 27, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, not likely. You wouldn't do it in a million years in your right mind and receiving in themselves that recompense or their payment of their error, which was me. Like I said before, you guys don't realize most homosexuals don't live past 39 or 40. They usually die because their relationships are volatile, sex-ridden. A lot of them commit suicide. Because when you dabble around in that side of the world, you lose your mind. You don't know what end is up. You're just freaked out. So that's something that, you know, only God can set your mind free. But look at what homosexuality inside of me is one step away from. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So first, God gives you up to uncleanness. Why? Because you don't want God. He gives you up unto vile affections because you're becoming more filthy and deprived and detestable. But then lastly, it's not just a giving up, it's a giving over. Now, you see, there's a big difference between giving up and giving over. If I give something up, that means, you know, I can give you a drink of my water, even though I'd never do something like that. But if I drank from a bottle, I give you a drink of my water and you take a swig, you can give it back. You say, okay, well, you have some. I gave it up. But, you know, you can give it back to me. But when I give it over, you know what that means? You can have this. I don't want it. Okay. Hey, this is your bottle of water. This is for you. Okay. For you and for you alone. That's what happens when you reach the reprobate mind. God doesn't just give you up. He gives you over, man. You can have it. I wash my hands with it. It's absolutely filthy, rotten to the core. It doesn't even want to retain me in their knowledge. So you know what? Let them go and live how they live. That's terrifying. Once you have gotten to the place of a reprobate mind, look up the word reprobate. This is G ninety six, and that means not standing the test, not approved, properly used of metals of coins, that which does not prove itself, disqualified, such as it um you know not prove itself as it ought, unfit, unproved, spurious, reprobate, unapproved, rejected by implication, worthless, literally or morally, cast away, rejected, reprobate. So you can go too far with God. That's why if you're a homosexual, if you're a pedophile, if you're someone that's been sodomized and molested in your life, I plead with you in this hour, give your life to Jesus and you can hear these words that he can set you free and redeem you and make you over just as if you had never sinned. But that's why a lot of these homosexuals become predators, and they are predators. And some people can say, no, I'm just getting into a homosexual relationship. Yeah, but you can't reproduce. So you gotta take something that's heterosexual and make it like you. You're a cancer to the body of Christ. You're a cancer to mankind. You need to be saved and get right with nature, with God's body, so that you can be saved. But you're a cancer. All you can do is prey on people, but you can't reproduce your own. That ought to tell you that your sin is not natural. Give your life to Christ. He does love you, but he's not going to put up with your sin for long. Give up so that he can take it. He can clean it from the inside out, and out of you may run pure water you may have the Holy Spirit. For them that believe on Jesus Christ, just as the Bible or the scriptures have said, the Bible says that out of our bellies will flow those rivers of living water. Give your life to Jesus at his time. And I'm not just speaking to them. Guys, if there's any, please share this video. If there is any celebrities out there that can hear this, give your life to Jesus. You might have sold your soul, but you see, Jesus died so that it can be bought back. They all got to bow the knee to the blood of Jesus so that they can be saved. So I'm pleading with people today. I'm not beating you down. I'm showing you the stages of degradation that the devil has taken you to, and God can make you right. Because a lot of those gay rappers, they didn't want to be that way. They went after fortune and fame. And when you go after fortune and fame and you know not Christ, man, forget it. The devil's going to have you in all sorts of mess. Because I'm sure many of them will promise, let me just sodomize you once. Get on a director's couch, and then I'll give you a deal. And we, we can forget about this whole thing. But you know we don't stop there. You know why? Because the devil has an insatiable appetite for sin. Also, I'm sure they record the thing. Okay, so therefore, they'll tell you, oh, you don't want to sign with us? All right, pop a tape in. I'm going to show these guys what they did the other night. And you're not going to want that to be, you know, out, you know, but you know what? Even if they do show a video of you, that was you before. That's not you today. Give your life to Jesus. Don't let people blackmail you. Be set free. So that way you won't have to deal with reprobation because when God gives you over, man, that's a cold place because, you know, you're not going to want him and he's not going to want you. You don't want to do that. Give your life to Jesus. But you see, homosexuality is one step away from reprobate. Why? Because it's a world upside down. Give your life to Christ, guys. So he says, you know, so he gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. See, it's not convenient to do those sexual sins. But now you've got an appetite for it because you've been given over. Cry out to God. Ask him to forgive you and he will set you free. But look at this, it ain't just that. I'm gonna describe Hollywood in three verses, okay, or four. Look at this guys, being filled in verse 29 with all unrighteousness, that's Hollywood, fornication. We already said what that word fornication is. It's the Greek word pornia. It's homosexuality, it's sex before marriage, it's adultery. It's all kind of bestiality, sodomy, you name it, anything in porn. That's what uh, fornication is. He says wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, murder, I mean, or full of envy, murder, de- debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, and unmerciful. That's Hollywood, guys. They paint this picture that these people are so free and they're just enjoying life when these people have become slaves because they've sold their souls and they know not Christ. But Jesus Christ is the only one that can set you free. So look at what he says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they who commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Guys, get yourself set free. I named it Saudi tonight. You can say I'm making fun of it or being facetious. Yeah, because I want to see people saved. I want people to know who's really running the world, who's really singing and rapping to your little boy or girl, who's really acting before you on stage that you may want to be like them. You guys got to understand this, man. You've got to get saved because he says to save yourself from this onto it or perverse generation. Give your life to Jesus and he will make it as if you had never sinned because the devil controls everything, everything. And unless you have given it over to Christ, there's only a matter of time before you're a sodomite. You know, Pastor Price has preached this for years and I agree. He said, there's only really, when you get down to the gist of it all, when you have broken this thing down to the you know the, the smallest common denominator, you've broken it down as far as it can go. there's only two kinds of people in this world and that are saints and that are and there are sodomites. There is no in between. If you're not one, you are the other in training, and that is what you will eventually be until you give your life to Jesus. So I just wanna say to people out there, that's the lesson for tonight. There are other videos in the description box. So you know you want other people to um, see this and hear this because if you run after riches, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Actually, I wanna go to one last scripture, guys. Okay, Um, this is 2 Corinthians 6 and let's look at verse 14. This is a quick read. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, he says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? On what concord hath Christ with Belial? What is Belial? Those are the sons of worthlessness, the children of the devil. And on what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? So a believer with an unbeliever. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So that's a conditional statement. God says, if you wanna be a child of mine, if you wanna be one with me, all right, here's a condition. You guys ready for it? Look at verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, uh, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So if you touch not the unclean thing, God will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And if God said it, you best believe it will be brought to pass because he, you know, he honors his word above his name. So I just want to say to people out there, if you know you're not saved and nobody knows this more than you, give your life to Jesus Christ today while there is still time. Repent of your sins. Confess to the Lord that you're a sinner, that you need salvation. You know, uh, confess your sins because the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse you and I from all unrighteousness. Believe that he is the only way. There are not many ways to Jesus Christ, okay? Only through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ can anyone be saved. He is the son of the living God. He is the only path, the way, the truth, and the life. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection and that he's coming back for a church without spot Blemish or wrinkle. Give your life to Jesus Christ today while there is time. Get baptized, okay? So that way you can lay all your sins behind, bury them, and live the new life for Christ. Get into God's Word. Get to know this amazing Savior who is Jesus that has pulled us out of all sorts of filth and He's still working on us that we may be made whole, okay? And eventually He'll baptize you in His Spirit and you will truly. Be empowered to live the born again life of Jesus Christ. So I just want to say I love you all. Um, guys, keep Sister Heather in prayer, okay? Brother Gary, that you see there, she hasn't been well, but we know that our God can do all things. For the for, so for those uh, intercessors and those that really know how to pray, pray for Sister Heather, guys, okay? Pray for Sister Tara's Sister, okay? Sister Tara's not on tonight, but she usually listens in, pray for her sister and Sister Tara for the strength who's got cancer, okay? So, you know, we got to keep the body of Christ afloat. We've got to be there for one another, okay? Because iron sharpens iron. And if we're one body, if one part of the body feels it, then it's going to affect the other part of the body, okay? Someone cut your foot off. Yeah, you may still be able to get around, but it's going to be quite difficult to walk. So you see, we are all members of one body. Pray for brother Michael Adams and his sickness and all he's going through. He's got MS. Keep his mom in prayer, guys, okay? You know, and stay away from that false doctrine that's being promoted in this world because the devil will tell you anything to sodomize you spiritually, to get you involved in your feelings, to pull you away from the life of Christ. Okay, so I'm gonna pray right now. And from there, guys, we can close. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for the word of God that is able to save our souls. Right now, Lord, we commit this time to you that we be changed and transformed by your word, that we get washed clean by it, that we accept your gospel and your word is truth, that we may live by it, that we may have your spirit, that we may be cleaned out and sanctified, that we may be empowered to live it, that we may affect the lives of others. So I pray, Lord, that you open the heart, the mind, the ears. We pray for a heavy anointing upon this ministry and all those that are in attendance, that they may find their purpose in you, Lord, for after all, Jesus, Christ in us is the hope of glory. So I just wanna pray for everyone and their families, Lord. I pray for Dunamis Tabernacle, which Pastor Price, Lord, has an amazing dream on Omega Ministries about, and read his book, guys, The Organic Gospel. But Lord, release your funds from heaven that you pour unto them, that they want a dunamis, a power tabernacle, 24 hours, seven days a week, that are meant to equip the saints to get them ready for a war like no other time. We just pray, Lord, and we ask that all these things be done for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, guys, you know, if you get the chance, Contribute to Dunamis Tabernacle with Pastor Gary Price on Omega Ministries. Okay. That is one of the most influential men that has helped, you know, me and my walk with the Lord and helped me grow spiritually. He wasn't the only one, but his doctrine is spot on. And it would do you some good to tune into him too. I'm not saying to leave this channel, but you know, incorporate Pastor Price because he truly preaches the word of God. Okay. And um also. You know, our fight, I want to thank the people out there that have also contributed to the ministry because we have a fight of our own. Yes, we want Dunamis Tabernacle. We're working on that. But in our area, you know, where we are, we have to work where we are as well. That we, you know, fight to bring the word out to the homeless. We bring food out to them. We do things. You know, I've been able to even take trips for the ministry's sake, for the sake of, you know, all those who were able to contribute. But, you know, hey, thank you for your support. Thank you for doing Miss Tabernacle. I believe the Lord will raise it up because it's a beautiful vision. So I just want to say tomorrow night, I'm going to be teaching on smiling faces. Okay, that's going to air at 7 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. But it should be a good teaching. It's going to teach us a lot about how as Christians, we need discernment in the Lord to walk with him. So I just want to say to Sister Beautiful Beloved, Brother Mark, uh, Sister Naima, Brother uh, Gary and Sister Heather. Let me see who else is here because I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, Brother Mike, Uh, let's see who else? Uh, Brother Jake, Sister Sarah. I got to go all the way back up to find other people, but you know, Sister Tara, um, Brother Daryl. And so many out there, those who are listening in, that their names are not even in there. I just want to say, I love you all. And at least until tomorrow night, also want to say, don't forsake your prayer closets, guys. Okay, subscribe to the channel if it's been a blessing and share the word. But I just want to say, guys, um, spend time with the Lord because we're getting ready to hit World War III. Spend time with Jesus, get right with him. Let him build us up that we may stand in the evil day. So once again, I love you all, and at least until tomorrow night, have a good night.